You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all of the gear that goes with it. And today it's uh, Brandon, Chase, and myself. Whoop. Yep. Whoop. And um, we want to talk about trail running, something that all of us are just so proficient at. I was I was pro for a while. Right. Yeah. And I have, but it's been like four or five years. <laughs> <laughs> I am not pro. Um so we've all done quite a bit of trail running in our day. If you looked at us currently, Chase would be the only one that looks like much of a trail and he runner. Was, and then he was training for a, his first big, big long distance run and um, and then had an injury flare up. And so maybe we can work that into, I don't know if there's any piece of gear that you're using or it's just rest and, and relaxation for rest a while. And relaxation, my But bed, you were rolling it out, right? Yeah. Like, and it's Foam a, rollers and stretches. Yeah, yeah. Cool. There's not a lot. There's not a ton you can do for a uh, what's it called a tight IT uh, band. IT, IT oh band. man, mm-hmm. I've had yeah. like IT band issues for years and years. I don't anymore, but I did. Um, we can talk about IT band. That's something that my wife and I we've done a lot of research on over the years because we've had. Okay, is there? So there's no solution besides rest, right? Uh, there for is. The most part, you got to strengthen the hips. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Well, how do you lift your hips? There's well, actually some exercises. Yeah, yeah Chase do. said don't ride your bike. <laughs> yeah, so bike riding can cause a few things, particularly like road bike riding, because what you're doing is you're strengthening certain muscles, that that um, circular rotation on a bike where you're just doing the same movement over and over and over and over. Strengthen certain muscles while other muscles aren't firing, and they will start to get weak. So you got to train like an Xterra athlete. Or triathlete. Exactly. You got to cross training. Yeah, cross yeah. training. And um, so I had I had IT band issues after my first during and after my first hundred miler, and um, and that was probably for a few different reasons. For one, I kind of went from couch to hundred, and typically there's no side effects with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's shocking. So I didn't train properly. I, <laughs> and by not properly, I mean I didn't train. <laughs> and uh, just went out and ran 100 miles. And that is going to be hard on the body no matter who you are. But easy on the mind. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, super easy. It was just a nice, nice day nice out. Nice jaunt in the woods. Um, how, long, what, what, how long did that take you, by the way? Oh, too long. 34 hours and 50 minutes, I think. So you... I mean, cut off. It's a, like go home. Just I like made it. as a fun thing to do, just go try and stay awake for thirty-four hours. <laughs> yeah. Let alone run through run through run for thirty-four hours. So of course, you're not running not, the whole time. At thirty-four hours, yeah. I was not running. It was more of like a fast hike. Um, but I will say though, um, you know, I say we, we joke about couch to hundred, but 
I was actually fairly active that summer. I wasn't trail running, but I was hiking with the family, carrying a pack. We were backpacking multiple times. I did um, some mountaineering, alpine climbing, rock climbing trips, for example. Did the the Grand Traverse in the Tetons and um, did some backpacking in the winter version and stuff. So I was getting out and I was getting exercise. It wasn't like I was sitting on the couch watching TV every day and then went and did 100. So... So I was a strong hiker going into it, but I wasn't a great runner. Like by mile 20, I didn't feel like I could run anymore. So then I hiked from like mile 20 to, <laughs> to the end. Um, Just an 80 mile through hike. Right. Yeah. And, um, but hiking poles saved me. Hiking yeah, poles yeah. got me through, especially Did with you have the lightweight trekking ones. The yeah. I had, I had a pair of Easton hiking poles. They were carbon fiber, really light. They weren't as light as the black diamond ones, but, um, you have so you don't have them anymore uh i borrowed them oh i think for that race i think they're my father-in-law's he still has them but i borrowed them for that race um so anyway so i had it band issues that lasted for years after that they flared up on this on this run at mile 75 and um I just kind of hobbled my way to the end and then hobbled my way through the next year, pretty much. Just anytime I started running again, IT band would flare up. So we went to... um, And now that comes... When you feel... Is it in your knee? Will you feel it most? On the side of your knee. Yeah, on the outside of the knee. Yeah. Oh, like right? Yeah. Because I... I think I've had IT. I had knee, knee issues, but I felt like it was more around the front. Into, yeah, your IT the, the side. right on the, around yeah. the side of your knee. So do you ever feel it in the hip where it connects? Uh, yeah, mostly you'll just feel it pulling you can, on your but knee. it's usually in the knee. So okay. when your IT band gets really tight, it rubs against your knee, and, and it kind of gets inflamed. Gets inflamed. And, okay. And, yeah, so it's important to keep your hip strong. And really every muscle, your glutes, your hips, every muscle around your IT band – so that your IT band doesn't have to tighten up at all. It's, it can just stay loose and not have to overwork itself. And when it overworks itself and is compensating for weak hips and weak glutes, it'll get really tight and rub against that uh, knee there. So one one problem that you have is when your hips are weak, then as you're running, your knee's going to collapse in. Because okay, so how do you get strong hips? Like what's my hips don't lie, you know, <laughs> but I, but I don't know if they're strong. <laughs> Uh, they don't lie right yeah hips don't lie um so there's a guy here in utah in uh south ogden close to where we are who is like a witch doctor he can he can fix uh, anybody anything in very short amount of time it seems for the right amount of money for the right amount of money (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so his name is tim spiker s-p-e-i-c-h-e-r and i went to another physical therapist um that a friend of mine i had done i had helped him out with some climbing stuff and everything and so he's like hey come i'll i'll fix up your i'll help you uh, recoup after this race help your it band stuff for free so i went to him for about six weeks and my it band stuff didn't get much better you get to pay for yeah then i went to tim yeah and he fixed me up very quickly after like a well i shouldn't say I wasn't fixed very quickly, but my recovery happened so much faster. Mm. My wife had IT band issues, and he fixed her up immediately. But I had I had done so much damage over this 100-mile race that um, it just took a while to recover. And it 
it took me a good nine months before I ever went to him in the first place. So anyway, what he explained, he, he checked me all out and, and checked out my range of motion and stuff. And I had very little range of motion in one hip. Um, like it was like 40% of normal. Mm-hmm. My other hip was almost all range. Well, I could have told you that. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so he fixed So he, he did his magic and then after about 20 minutes of him working on me, I had full range of motion again in my hip. And he said that I'd he's just adjusting you, adjusting like, me, yeah. but in his own, what's his license? Like is, he's not a chiropractor, sports therapist sports, or what's, yeah. So he, yeah. And he's actually, if you look up on, um, on the internet, positional release therapy, yeah. you'll find him. And so PRT. he's, he's, yeah, he's got thing. a, he's got a, PhD in like neuromuscular physiology, something or other. And, um, he's one of the, he is probably the leading guy in the United States, maybe in the world on positional release therapy, which is crazy. Cause I, I mean, for those of you who are just tuned in and I haven't mentioned this yet to in this podcast, but I did go to massage therapy school. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, did you really, Oh yeah, I'm a graduate. Um, I walked, I walked. <laughs> I did not know this. Um, <laughs> And they teach the very, you have like a very basic course in that because it's a thing right. that can really help heal people if you know what you're doing. And I would, I didn't know that's what he did. I would love to, yeah, to meet him and, and chat, actually, chat with him. He has the Positional Release Therapy Institute where he actually teaches courses, teaches mm. other practitioners how to do it. Yeah, and um, he's really good. So I went in there and um, he checked out my hips. He he pushed in certain areas and and held my legs in certain positions while he pushed in certain areas and in about 15 minutes my hip was back to full range of motion the other thing too is he measured my legs one leg was like an inch shorter than the other leg because my hip was all bound up and stuff once he unlocked my hip my legs were the same length again Mm -hmm. and all this other stuff but he told me it's probably my legs probably my hips probably been locked up for quite a while and those certain stabilizing muscles in my hips are probably weak because they haven't been firing because of that lack of range of motion. So then he gave me a bunch of hip strengthening exercises. Now we're finally getting there. All right. (laughs) Once I had full range of motion, started strengthening my hips, my IT band pain started going away like long-term. Like Like just like, is this like the hip move right here? Like you can see this through the podcast. Like what? (laughs) That is not, not the hip. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, um, just, I'm just trying to think, like, what can I do to pr- maybe prevent So, So I would that. go, I would probably go onto his website and see if he has some stuff on the website as far as, like, what to do. I'm trying to think of what, like, there were times I would, I would lay on my side and instead of lifting my leg, like, do these scissors like side lift things. Yeah, only, I'm, yeah. Straight up, you kind of. You kind of lay on your side and then rotate a little bit forward and lift instead of straight sideways, you're kind of up and back a little bit. And that's strengthening the glutes and the, and the hip muscles in those glutes. Um, but there were a bunch of different, like you'd put a, put a band on around your legs and then walk like sideways, taking lateral steps. You know, I see the pro athletes doing stuff. that. The soccer players and basketball people, that's sort of their warm up. Yeah. And um, there were a bunch of different things that he had me doing, and it was all just to kind of strengthen those hip muscles. Yeah. What I found is that 
once my hips were unlocked and I was strengthening those muscles, I stopped having knee Maybe problems. you just got locked hips, Chase. My hips are locked. Maybe they are. So Maybe, uh, this like is a key. super common. <laughs> I can't find the key. Anymore. I lost it. This is a super common problem among women who particularly who have had children. Because having children. Count me out of that group. <laughs> makes your uh, makes your hips kind of funky sometimes. It can cause hip problems. And so my wife, after having her um, uh, first or second child, I forget which one, she was having knee issues. He checked her out. Her hips were all locked up after having childbirth. Uh, he unlocked her hips, got her doing those workouts. Knee pain went away very quickly for her. It took a little longer for me, but I think I had had more work that needed to be done. Um, but her knee pay, pain went away very quickly. She was doing 100 or not 150 milers and and 50ks and some of and marathon mountain marathons and stuff at the time. And every time she'd do a longer run, her IT band would flare up, and she'd be in like top three. Like she was fast. She'd be like top three women, um, and then. For example, she did Squaw Peak 50 at halfway which is, through. Which is not easy. No, it's not an easy one. Halfway through the race, she was like one of the top women. There's from like mile 25 or 26, there's a big long climb, and she passed a bunch of women on the uphill on the climb, and she was like second place or third place among the women. And then her IT band flared up, and she had to walk the whole downhill, like 13 miles into the finish, and got passed by some women or whatever. But she was frustrated because, like, she was doing so well. But every time she'd start doing well, her IT band would flare up. So anyway, met with Tim. He fixed her up. She did the workouts. Her IT band pain went away, and she was good. I think that was after our first child, and then I think she had another child. So you're so you're basically injury free now. (laughs) I so, am, yeah. But so. I'm not doing the hundred mile stuff anymore. The fifty mile stuff, I, I trail run, three or four days a week, but I'm going out for an hour max, and so I, and then I'm mixing it up with some biking, mixing it up with some. Uh, so here in Utah, where it's, you know, it's typically hot, but you see pretty diverse weather. Um, your trail running outfit is what. So now. Um, Which you, know, you think, like, why is it a thing? Just put some shoes and shorts on and go for a run. Right. Because my runs are less than an hour, that's kind of what I do. Yeah. I put on a shirt and pair of running shorts. Even cotton shirts are cool for me. But when I was doing a lot of longer runs, um, ultra running and stuff like that, I was much pickier. I liked I liked merino wool, um, lightweight merino wool blend shirts because they tend tended in my experience to breathe better on a hot sweaty day when i was really hot and sweaty they would breathe better whereas some of the synthetics they'd get like completely soaked and then i would well, find and the synthetics you smell like a garbage can afterwards that too <laughs> so that yeah. too but um but the merino wool will will breathe even when it's soaking wet if you get a soaking wet polyester shirt or um, synthetic shirt it generally will stop breathing it plugs all the pores and stuff and then even if the shirt is wet, your body is not getting airflow and you'll get warmer. And so I like the merino wool blends. Um, and free fly, uh, the bamboo blends are yeah. kind of similar to merino wool as far as how well they breathe and stuff, but they, they are even better at keeping you cool. I lo- I'm like you. I love cotton tees. 
for like an hour. Right. Because, yeah, because they work right. I mean, they're yeah. going to get wet, and that, that wet, that dampness is actually feels good. You know, it's right. your sweat. You're like, okay, this, this feels good. But if you're if it's long, I was wearing merino wools. And I should preface this by saying I don't really – I just started running. I don't know if I, told, I just started. Run, I had a foot injury. I just started running again uh, this last weekend. And when I say just started, I mean like 15 minutes on the treadmill. Like I was, I have not run for a while, but so that the listeners know like, okay, I did do something in the past, <laughs> uh, five road marathons and two trail 50 Ks. But when you train for those trail 50 Ks, you end up doing a lot a lot of trail running right like you don't you don't train on the road necessarily you train on the trails and then you you go do those um and that was i thought that was was the funnest part was 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 training for me um i mean the race was pretty cool but but i love just getting out all the time the only bad thing is it sort of starts and that's only a 50k not a 50 miler it starts sucking up your schedule right Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah so so yeah i um i'm a big fan of of natural fibers like bamboo merino cotton um but again cotton only for short distances or sometimes if you've got like a like a cotton tank top or something um and you're out in the desert sometimes because cotton stays wet for a long time that's a great just drench a cotton tank top or something and that'll help keep you cool and keep the air air flowing and stuff so i do like those natural fibers Synthetic blends are great because they dry quickly and all that stuff, but you really, if you're going to have a synthetic shirt that you're going to be sweating a lot in, it needs to have a weave that has some some kind of a 3D texture to it to help keep it off the skin. Um, can we go undercover for a minute? As guys, what are we wearing on the, for briefs? <laughs> <laughs> because I have a really hard time. Like, yeah. I don't have small legs, and so I'll, I'll have chafing. But I will wear a short brief, like a what, like the brief briefs, like right. you know. Um, but because anytime I've tried to wear the what's, what are they like the short compression the short compressors, type. yeah, like they've got to be long compression because the mid ones will just creep up on me and drives me nuts. Oh, I I'm the same way. I yeah. I used to wear well, I still wear I wear sacks a lot. Um, I do a lot of running in sacks. I love backpacking in sacks. But the short length sacks, though, they ride right up. Yeah. But they do make a long leg. And so that's kind of my go-to um, is the long leg sacks because they don't ride up. Or um, merino wool. I've been wearing merino wool um, a lot in my runs. And Briefs or? Uh, yeah, they're like a, they're kind of in between. Um, it's like their active one. The icebreaker's active brief. So, so it's the got boxer brief is the one, like the icebreaker boxer brief, which I love and wear almost every day as a daily, I cannot run in. Really? Because they're not they, long and enough. And they, they aren't super long. Yeah. Um, but I, I also have a couple pairs of shorts that have a built-in brief because, you know, they're nice and short, so I can show off my really tan legs. That's um, hot. That's but hot. I, yeah. I never thought I'd like to wear a short short when I run, but it, I just, it's cooler. Um you, you, it's surprising how Listen, much they heat. figured that stuff out in the seventies, man. Yeah, I know, like that I know. Was and I didn't jump on, <laughs> but I try to, I try to get as short as a short as I can just because it, it breathes. So much it's, cooler. it's way cooler. And a lot of those have a built-in brief. If I don't have a built-in brief, it's usually sacks though. So I'm, I'm with you that I was a big fan of the shorty shorts. Um, when I was running a ton, cause they were so much cooler for trails that are wide open. 
But what I found is the more I started, you know, bagging peaks in, in between with runs or doing more obscure trails that don't get traveled as much, my legs would get all yeah. all torn up and scratched up and stuff. And so I started finding that I like a slightly longer short now, just a real lightweight fabric. And one of my favorite shorts Still is... Still above the knee. Yeah, above yeah. the knee for sure. Um, but one of my favorite shorts, now I'm doing like a mid-thigh short instead of like a shorty short. Um, one of my favorite shorts is from La Sportiva. They make some shorts that are just real lightweight, slightly longer. They don't have a built-in brief um, because then I can choose my own my own underwear to go is it with the that. metal? Mm, I forget the name of it. I just bought a pair of the Sportiva Metals. It could be month couple months ago and they're kind of they're a little bit above the knee oh they're awesome super lightweight yeah no built-in brief right. they are awesome yeah huge fan so then i run in sacks as well but what i found with the sacks so they, they've got the their technology their kind of claim to fame is that ballpark pouch is what they call it well, <laughs> what, what, what is that is good for <laughs> keep the balls in the park yeah, yeah. yeah so um it's just these they've got these dividers that go between the uh the balls and the legs and so nice for everyday wear even for running and stuff it's so nice but what i found is that on those dividers that the bound edge of it if i'm doing a really long run particularly when i'm really sweaty it's it's really hot out they will chafe me they will rub that's not where you want to be i've I've had that problem before yeah Mm. so one thing that really helps is a little bit of body glide right right in those areas that can really help but also there have been times where i've chosen not to wear the sacks on a really long run to avoid that chafing on shorter runs i love them but on longer runs to avoid that chafing um i will go with usually like a merino wool brief like a an icebreaker or um well icebreaker is really it for the the brands that i've worn uh, of the merino wool and they don't have the little pouch they don't have the dividers and stuff which I do like, but I found that, again, the merino wool and the bamboo blends um, tend to just manage that moisture a little better on really hot, long runs, and I tend to be happier that way. And then body glide's my go-to for just keeping those nether regions happy. Do you change your short, change your underwear on, like, hundreds? Like, do you, I don't know, I never so, run that far. So. A 50 or a 100? Yeah, I, I just, one one pair does one it pair. all. Right? I know a lot of people that do, but yeah. I one pair just got me from beginning to end. Uh, body glide though. I, well, no, let's see. I think because I've only done the one hundred. I've done other fifties and and at shorter distances, but just the one hundred. I might have changed out a mile fifty. And it might just because it would feel fantastic to yeah. have something yeah. new <laughs> under. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so I like you guys. Sacks, icebreaker, merino wool. I do like the slightly longer length as well because they don't ride up e- either longer length or totally short. Mm-hmm. It's one or one or the other. Um, the icebreaker shorts that I underwear that I have, they tend to be the shorter boxer brief style, and they they ride on me a bit sometimes. Certain ones do and don't. One thing I found is that the merino wool icebreaker ones wear out much quicker. Yeah, I wear holes in them yep. and much much quicker than the synthetic ones but again on a hot day they're just more comfortable for long miles um so that's that what about 
how are we on time? We're about there. Okay, so um, just real quick, uh, we could talk trail running shoes all day long, and <laughs> we will on a future episode. But um, what about socks? What have you guys found that you like best for for socks for keeping your feet happy on a on a long run or? So, uh, just because we have access to multiple brands here in the shop, um, and before that, I bought uh, socks from running stores that were running brand socks. Like Drymax and um, some of those. Or yeah, I'm trying to think of all the different brands. I, I mean, I have quite a few different running. There's a few sock brands running. out there yeah. now. And what's <laughs> freaking crazy is the, the Merino Wool Icebreaker and Darn Tufts are the most comfortable yeah that like and then you're gonna feel it and it's like thick and you're like i'm gonna get way too hot in these they're just they're so much more comfortable than all the like running brand socks that aren't merino wool right Mm -hmm. that's my experience too it's crazy like they're they're counterintuitive when you handle them but yeah i i've got it kind of depends on the run i'm gonna run but lately um my Mid to short runs, I use either merino wool or I, I've been using a merino blend from Right Sock. Um, right Socks don't last as long as I'd like them to, uh, which is like the one of the downfalls, but I don't, I rarely I've ever get blisters. But my long runs, I use in Gingy. Um, Do you my, really? My most common place I get a blister is between my big toe and my middle toe. And I, I've never had that happen with Gingy. They're not my favorite socks. I don't absolutely love wearing them as far as comfort goes, but I have yet to get a blister with them. The, do they my have toes? toes? Yeah, the yeah. toe socks. Okay. They're, they're, so, they feel funky, but when I on my long runs, I've never had a problem with them. I've okay. got a bunch of Gingy socks. Um, you can have them if you okay, want. Okay, sweet. I'll <laughs> take them. <laughs> um, but I know a lot of people who swear by Gingy for that same reason, and I like them generally, but I've got a bunch of Gingy socks that – I was using when I was doing lots of those longer runs and I found they kept me from getting blisters between my toes, but they caused other annoying irritation that I found. Is that because like. your shoes, you have a narrow shoe? No, I run in topos. You do? So, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, when you're running that many miles, they just rub. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but for me, um, the right socks are one of the best that I've found. So the right socks just for those that are listening that aren't familiar with them, they are W W R I G H T sock. Um, there are two socks in one kind of, they've got an inner, an inner liner layer and an outer layer that are sewn together. So when you put your foot in, it's like you're wearing a liner sock and an outer sock, but it's just in one. They're and, also pretty thin too. So you don't feel like you're wearing two socks. Right. So, like you said, I, I wish they would last longer. I'm wearing a pair right now that have a hole in the heel of the outer layer. The inner layer is still good, so I still keep them. Um, <laughs> but I actually have two pairs of right socks that are that I still am hanging on to because I like them a lot, but they've got holes in the heels. So they don't last as long as the darn tufts or some of the others. But as far as blisters go, I've never had a blister in a right sock. Mm-hmm. I have rarely get blisters in darn tufts or icebreakers or some of the other merinos, but I do on occasion. But I never have in the right socks. I have actually in Ingingis, not between the toes, but okay. other areas. But Ingingis good. That's They're fine. And I know there's going to be a lot of people who have their strong opinions over what 
what is the right thing. I know a friend of mine um, who really encouraged me to get into ultra running, uh, Brian Beckstead. He's the president of Altra. Um, back before when they were just starting Altra, he was a big fan of Drymax socks. And I have, I've used Drymax and I like them. They're good, but I don't like them as well as Merino wool brand so and the darn tufts tend to hold up better than the others as far as how many miles i can get out of them but if i'm really being honest i think probably i like that i think the icebreakers are more comfortable right out of the box yeah they're a little looser not quite as much compression a little looser on the toes but they don't hold up quite as well as the darn tough so i'm kind of up in the air between darn tough and icebreaker i don't get blisters trail running really I get them um, ski touring with my yeah and yeah and backpacking like I think it's the weight the heavy loads and stuff but as far as trail running I'm trying to think like that has never been I just been lucky never been a factor as far as the sock choice mine's more been just comfort and durability yeah I don't I haven't gotten blisters in a very long time trail running but but i've never used, used a cotton sock trail running yeah i could try that and see if i blister he, i i think you might <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's good so i guess i guess the moral of that story is try a bunch of different <laughs> things figure out what you like but um one that's worth trying is in gingy another one that's worth trying is right sock another one icebreaker darn tough um, there's one other company that we have we have some socks from them, um, Labent. Labent. They have a merino bamboo blend fabric that I just bought some for my wife. She loves them They're so far. Awesome just socks. Just super soft. I mean, merino is soft already, but then you get the bamboo blend and it's just ridiculously soft. Good at managing moisture. I haven't run in them yet. I'm excited to try it out. Have I've, you run in them? Yeah. So I actually just picked up a pair. Of probably. T- two or three weeks ago i've only done a couple runs in them and i really liked them they're super comfortable they manage moisture really really well um no complaints so i haven't put enough miles on them to be like this is my new sock of choice but i mean their athlete team is pretty impressive as far as who they're running with um their runners are winning big races not that that means that it's their because socks of are the sock. make you faster yeah but they but have like it's a, not slowing them down at least exactly right um, and I think a lot of the runners are realizing, wow, this, you get two of the best natural fibers out there and put them together. So you get the durability of the Merino and like that moisture management of Merino, as well as the cooling capability and moisture management of the bamboo. bamboo. They're really, really comfortable. I'm excited to put some more miles on mine. Yeah. What I think you'll find is for people who are used to running in synthetic socks, synthetic socks are going to hold up better than these natural fibers over the long term, but, but, um, you're not going to get the moisture management stuff. And that's where you're really going to run into a lot of the problems with blistering and stuff is you got to get rid of the moisture and the synthetics just don't breathe as well. And the other thing that you'll find with natural fibers in particular Merino wool is Merino wool can hold like 30% of its weight in water before it even starts to feel wet. It'll like absorb water and hold it within its fibers. I just know that when I'm running in a merino wool and get in a puddle or a rain or whatever, like one, say like the one foot goes right into a puddle. 
it's not long before that foot feels like it's normal and like balanced. It's not dry, but it doesn't feel sopping wet. Right. Because it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's Merino. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Love Merino. I think a lot of people in the world understand now the value of Merino and stuff. But for those that are listening that haven't tried it, you got to try it. It'll try change your life. So yeah. try, try a pair of Darn Tufts and a pair of Lebens because Lebens are now becoming one of my favorite everyday socks as well. Sure. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for listening and um, watch for us on the next episode. We're going to talk um, favorite trail runners and, and footwear for the next one. So um, thanks for listening and follow Gear 30 on Instagram at gear underscore three zero. And also check out our website, gear30.com, G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com um, and see what we have to offer. We carry some of the very best, highest quality brands on the market. We try to pay very close attention to the new and upcoming stuff we try to test it all out and and see what is the best stuff to um for your adventures and for our adventures and stuff so there's nothing that we carry here that's junk we we try to make sure that everything that we carry is quality so check out gear30.com and um, we'll see you on the next episode see you out there